Hello guys, welcome to the Brains and Needles podcast. In today's podcast, we are going to talk to, talk about hypoprolactinemia. So, what is hypoprolactinemia? It is the most common pituitary hormone hyposecretion syndrome in both men and women. The prolactin secreting pituitary adenomas are the most common cause of increased prolactin level. Before we dig deeper into this, let's talk about prolactin. the hormone what is it how it is secreted when the secretion increases when the secretion decreases so let's talk about it so prolactin is secreted by the anterior pituitary gland prolactin is unique among the pituitary hormones in that the predominant central control mechanism is inhibitory reflecting dopamine mediated suppression of prolactin release this regulatory pathway accounts for spontaneous prolactin hyposecretion that occurs after pituitary stop selection often the consequence of compression mass lesion at the skull base so what it means is basically the dopamine d2 receptors takes action in the inhibition of prolactin release so it basically means that whenever dopamine is active it will inhibit the secretion of prolactin and vice versa Now let's get into the normal adult serum prolactin levels. So in a female it's from it ranges from 10 to 25 micrograms per liter and for male it ranges from 10 to 20 micrograms per liter. So the prolactin secretion is pulsatile meaning that it has peaks during certain time of the day like during rapid eye movement which occurs during sleep uh the there is maximum secretion or it reaches the peak and the level might go up to 30 micrograms per liter which occurs usually in the early morning like from 4 a.m to 6 a.m so this is a time when the prolactin hormone release will have a peak which will again get back normal once the person is awake or finishes his or her also if you know that thyrotropin releasing hormone also a hypothalamic tripeptide can also cause release of prolactin like say after getting a thyrotropin releasing hormone injection intravenously there might be slight increase in the prolactin level also vasoactive intestinal peptides can also induce prolactin release on the contrary uh, drugs such as glucocorticoids and thyroid hormones weakly suppress the prolactin secretion also we need to remember when the serum prolactin level can rise transiently uh, like say after uh, exercise after having meal after sexual intercourse there uh, are minor surgical procedure mainly on the chest region uh, after general anesthesia a patient suffering from acute myocardial infarction and other from forms of stress can increase uh, prolactin level even um prolactin level increases significantly during pregnancy and it decreases rapidly within 2 weeks of parturition if breastfeeding initiated the basal um prolactin level remains elevated and also suckling stimulates reflex increase you know the secretion of prolactin for about 30 to 45 minutes so yeah that is also
so now when we have the basic idea of the prolactin hormone itself now let's talk about the disease we're going to talk about or the syndrome of hyperprolactinemia so what is the etiology of hyperprolactinemia there can be physiological hyposecretion in case of pregnancy lactation chest wall stimulation sleep any kind of stress or else it can be due to hypothalamic pituitary stock damage such as a tumor or a supracellular pituitary mass a meningioma or some kind of metastasis empty cell or lymphocytic hypophysitis adenoma which stop compression ratkis cyst any kind of trauma or pituitary stock section supracellular surgery another cause can be due to pituitary hyposecretion such as a prolactinoma or acromegaly some systemic disorders can also cause increased secretion of prolactinemia and further leading to hyperprolactinemia such as chronic renal failure hypothyroidism cirrhosis uh, epileptic seizures there can also be drug in- induced hyposecretion such as dopamine receptor blockers uh, can cause increase in the secretion such as chlorpromazine atiosantines metoclopramide some dopamine syn- synthesis inhibitors such as alpha methyl dopa some catecholamines depleters like aspirin opiates some h2 antagonists like cimetidine ranitidine uh, some imipramine such as ampitriptyline amoxicillin calcium channel blockers such as verapamine or certain hormones such as estrogen antiandrogen thyroidopin releasing hormone so uh pregnancy and lactation are the important physiological causes of hyperprolactinemia sleep associated hyperprolactinemia reverts to normal within hour of awakening as i mentioned before nipple stimulation or sexual orgasm may also increase prolactin uh chest wall stimulation or trauma can also increase prolactin also some infections of the herpes zoster can invoke prolactin release Uh, chronic renal failure elevates prolactin release by decreasing peripheral clearance uh, primary hypothyroidism is also associated with mild hypoprolactinemia the lesions of the hypothalamic pituitary region that is the hypothalamic dopamine synthesis portal vein delivery or lactotrope responses are associated with hyperprolactinemia thus hyperprolactin tumors cyst infiltrative disorders and radiation induced damage cause elevated prolactin levels usually in the range of 30 to 100 micrograms per liter some pluri-hormonal adenomas which include growth hormone and ACTH tumors may directly hyposecrete prolactin drug induced inhibition or disruption of dopaminergic receptors is a common cause of hyperprolactinemia as mentioned before this such as some antipsychotic antidepressives are relatively common cause of mild hyperprolactinemia methyl dopa also inhibits for uh, not prolactin dopamine secretion and verapamine which is a calcium channel blockers 
um, block dopamine release thereby causing increase of prolactin so let's see the presentation and diagnosis so very classical is the patient presenting with amenorrhea galactorrhea and infertility which are kind of hallmarks of hyperprolactinemia in women if hyperprolactinemia develops before menarche the patient will develop primary amenorrhea but when if if it develops later it can go from developing uh, oligomenorrhea and ultimately to amenorrhea galactorrhea is present in up to 80% of hyperprolactinemic women although usually bilateral and spontaneous it might be unilateral or only expressed manually patient may also complain of decreased libido weight gain and mild hirsutism in men with hyperprolactinemia this diminished diminished libido infertility or visual loss from optic nerve compression other usual presenting symptoms gonadotropin suppression leads to reduced testosterone and importance and oligospermia true galactorrhea is uncommon in men with hyperprolactinemia although long standing secondary effects of hypogonadism are evident including osteopenia reduced muscle mass decreased beard growth so prolactin decreases spermatogenesis in men and also it has a leukolytic effect means it decreases the luteal phase and during pregnancy to maintain lactation it decreases sexual drive decreases steroidization of gnrh thereby you know causing infertility or helping uh helping prevent pregnancy during lactation so yeah it works that way so galactorrhea is an appropriate discharge of milk containing fluid from the breast so if it's abnormal if it's persistent for more than 6 months after childbirth or discontinuation of breastfeeding so postpartum galactorrhea associated with amenorrhea is self limiting disorder usually associated with moderate elevated prolactin level so like the galactorrhea may occur spontaneously or may be elicited by nipple pressure in both men and women galactorrhea may vary in color so it is also a diagnostic you know help where you can have a differential diagnosis and check whether it's breast cancer or no also acromegaly is associated with galactorrhea in about one third of the patient the treatment of galactorrhea usually involves managing the underlying disorder that is replacing t4 for hypothyroidism and discontinuation of medicine treating prolactin noma the medicine related or the drug induced hyposecretion i already mentioned so labs so what you do for laboratory investigation so you do a fasting morning prolactin level normally it should be less than 20 micrograms per liter and should be measured to assess hyposecretion because hormone secretion is pulsatile and levels may vary widely in some individuals with hyperprolactinemia 
it may be necessary to measure levels on several different occasion when clinical suspicion is high so both there can be sometimes a, le- a prolactin level which is like more than 1000 micrograms per liter which may be falsely lowered because of assay artifacts sample dilution is required to measure the high value accuracy false elevated values may be caused by aggregated forms of circulating prolactin which are biologically inactive such as a microprolactinemia hypothyroidism should be excluded by measuring the TSH and the T4 levels so the treatment basically is firstly you should check whether take a good history before giving the treatment so you know whether what's the woman's age or the men's age um you'll know about the pregnancy status and various thing which will help you to diagnose the disease properly and to treat the patient properly whether the patient has some micro or macro adenomas which is due to which is it happening is the patient taking some drugs which are causing increase of prolactin so you have to take that all into account and then go for treatment the main treatment method is giving dopamine agonist which will have an inhibitory effect on the um, prolactin secretion so there are two drugs which are mainly carbergoline um a carbergoline is a ergoline derivative it is long acting dopamine agonist with high d2 receptor affinity so it is uh it it helps to suppress the prolactin level for about 2 weeks or like say 14 to 15 days after a single oral dose so a uh, cabergoline usually start with 0.5 to 1 mg twice weekly to achieve normal prolactinemia and resumption of normal gonadal function cabergoline helps achieving you know normal prolactinemia and resumes normal gonadal function 80% of patient with microadenomas calatoria improves or resolves 90% of the patient also it normalizes the prolactin and level and shrinks about 70% of the microprolactinomas there might be mass effect symptoms including such as headache visual and disturbances improved dramatically within the days after carbergoline initiation also sexual function requires several weeks of treatment but may occur before complete normalization of prolactin level after initial prolact after initial prolactin level has been achieved carbergoline should be reduced to the lowest effective maintenance dose most of the patient treated with cabergoline um are uh, do not have a recurrence of hyperprolactinemia syndrome also cabergoline might be prescribed to patient who are resistant to bromocriptine which is a second choice of drug bromocriptine is also a dopamine receptor agonist that suppresses prolactin secretion because it is short acting the drug is preferred when pregnancy is desired in microadenomas um bromocriptine rapidly lowers serum prolactin level to normal in up to 70% of the patient decreases tumor size 
restores coronal function in patient with macroadenomas prolactin levels are also normalized and there is also tumor mass shrinkage in more than 50% of the patient the bromocriptin therapy is initiated by administering a low bromocriptin dose like say 0.625 to 1.25 mg at bedtime with snack and then followed by increasing the dose thrice a day uh for 2.5 mg twice thrice a day the side effects of dopamine agonists include constipation stuffiness dry mouth nightmares insomnia vertigo decreasing the dose usually alleviates these problems nausea vomiting and postural hypotension with faintness may occur in 25% of the patient these symptoms may persist in some patient in general fewer side effects are reported with cabergoline for the approximately like 15% of who are intolerant of oral bromocriptin cabergoline may be better tolerated intravaginally administration of bromocriptin offer effective in patient with in intractable gastrointestinal effect uh, auditory hallucination delusion mood swing have been reported in 5 to 10% of the patient may be due to dopamine agonist properties or due to less energetic acid derivatives of the so that's all for today so hope you understand what is hypoprolactinemia it was a brief overview of the topic So we discussed about prolactin then we dig d- deeper into hypoprolactinemia we dig dig deeper into the labs diagnosis the treatment if you want more such podcast please follow us on instagram where we have a post about various medical cases and different medical mnemonics and lots more to come Also follow our Facebook page at the rate of brains and needles follow our YouTube channel brains and needles we are also distributing this podcast to many platforms such as Apple podcast Google podcast uh, anchor please download the anchor app uh, where you can also find our podcast we also on radio public and pocket cast and many more podcasts to come uh, for the podcasting platform just type brains symbol and and followed by needles so you'll find there please subscribe to our channel over the podcasting platforms on youtube and please follow us on instagram and facebook thank you have a nice day